Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over, you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Let's fire it up on the bonfire. Oh. Welcome inside game day, Winnipeg. Darren Bombing, the legendary Chris Walby to my virtual right. Marquee matchup, battle for first place in the West. CFL week six might be more exciting than week five, Chris Walby. We got two unbeaten teams once again going toe-to-toe, this time right back here in Winnipeg. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a great week for another reason. Obviously, the fact that uh, we're treating Atlantic Canada to a football game on Saturday right. – Really trying to, you know, again, gauge the interest out there if there's an opportunity to get that 10th franchise. So that's going to be great for them. Uh, we've gone through a lot of stuff this week, man, with the Marino Garino or whatever his name. I'm not even going to say his name correct. <laughs> that, well, yeah, whatever, right? I'm very unhappy with whatever him right now. And uh, and then again, we come back to this, which is, you know, we had the unbeatens last week. And I, what did I say to you last week? I said, sometimes the hype, it's like going to a movie, right? Yeah. And that you expect this movie to be just fantastic, knock your socks off, and it's just a dud. Well, it was a dud for the right reason. I mean, the Bombers just dominated every, you know, special teams, defense, offense. Zach looked like, and I, tw- I put on Twitter, like a 20-year-old kid running around there, escaping pressure, making throws, sidearm, up in the air. I mean, uh, yeah, I was blown away. Now, do I think this one has a little bit more hype? Yes, because the quarterbacks are different. Bo Levi Mitchell is, uh, I think, a two-time outstanding player. You're going against last year's reigning most outstanding player in Zach Kolaris. Uh, I looked at it, I said, right now, what? The Bombers have, are the, uh, the, the, the uh, Stamps have won six road games in a row. And they have some incredible record. They're 19-2 and two after the bye week. It seems like the Bombers, you know, and you, you, you I, mean, I know I'm going on a, a whole big epic story here, but the Bombers had that short week against BC, and that's when you expected Bombers to maybe have a tough, you know, little, not much gas in the tank, and they came out fully ready. Now they play another team that's had a bye week, and, and Calgary's getting a lot of their players back, and Calgary's got some great players. Yeah. Um, this is probably the one game. And listen, if the Bombers beat Calgary, I don't know who can beat the Bombers. I, I, is, I mean, who's out there? This, this, is, this is me, the marquee. No, no question. Like Jesse Beach uh, mentioned uh, in the live chat, this is probably the toughest test yet Absolutely. for yep. the Blue Bombers. Or you could even say the toughest test yet for the Calgary Stampeders. They've already Absolutely. had Edmonton twice. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. You know, they've had a, a bit of an easier road to 4-0 than the Blue Bombers 5-0, and I would say. Um, yep. You know, you can, you can go back. Uh, who did they have? They've already, they've already had a bye. So they've had that rest uh, in there already. Um, yep. You know, they went Edmonton by Edmonton, and now they got to come to Winnipeg. They, they went into Hamilton and beat them 33-30 in a huge yeah. comeback. Another one that 
the tie cats kind of blundered yeah. and bumbled yeah, at the end, uh, yeah. and then in, in week one it was another three-point win for the stampeders at home against the montreal alouettes so you know you could say the blue bombers haven't been tested uh by the best yet you could probably say even more so to the calgary stampeders it's going to be a heck of a game on friday night be sure to join us for post-game coverage right here on Bonfire Sports, 30, 45 minutes after the game, we'll, we'll get things going uh, live, and it is the return of Zach Schnitzer. But, of course, this guy is Chris Walby, the legendary. Congratulations, hey. Chris. And DB, you were, uh, DB last, I, I, I just oh, don't want to lose this. Yeah, there's, yeah. My old, there's my offensive guard, my old boy right there, Nick Pristaya. Played many, oh. many years in the CFL, mostly with Winnipeg, started in Toronto, had the biggest guns. There's a guy who had guns. I remember walking into the locker room. That guy had arms, man. They just went for miles and miles. Great football player. Great guy. Um, yeah. Him and Stan got into it. I had a pool party once, and him and Stan got into it. It was it was pretty funny. Got so, into it? Like, yeah, like they were ready to drop him or what? No, they were fighting wrestling to go in the pool, and they both had clothes <laughs> on. It was just stupid, man. But anyway, uh, great to see Nick on uh, following us right now. And uh, Well, and, and great, great note there, by Nick Mastaya, who says the game means more to Calgary than Winnipeg. Winnipeg can lose this game. It won't affect them at all. Calgary loses this game and their confidence is all gone. I think there's a lot of validity to that, to that yeah. perspective. The, the Blue think. Bombers know who they are, right? They, they had a coming out party for the offense last week in BC. The defense has been awesome other than a couple deep shots that, you know, whether it's the, the Red Blacks, or the Ticats or, uh, the Lions have been able to get on them. That deep ball, I think, is is one area of concern a little bit, but uh, they are a no. they're by far, in my opinion, the Blue Bombers are the best team in the CFL. It's Calgary's game to try to win, and it's Winnipeg's to lose on Friday night. Well, I like both quarterbacks at Calgary. I like I'm always been a big bowl uh uh, Mitchell fan, but now he's had injuries the past couple of years, has not played up to Bo Levi's standards. But they got a year, great guy backup is Jake Mayer, but this year he's come on now uh, and he's really playing well at that level that I expect, right? They've got a great running game in Kadeem Carey and that new kid who just, man, he ran off the charts. He had that missed field goal return, uh, Peyton, uh, Logan Payton, man, or Peyton Logan. Uh, you know, it's just, this is a team that has a lot of talent, but I, I see. I, I disagree with the Ryan, aka fake Nick Bristaya. Um, You know what? It's, <laughs> it's 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 interesting because I think if Bombers lose, you say it won't affect them. I think it will. I think it does a little bit to their psyche that you know what they can get beaten. That's that's just the way I feel. I mean, I, I really think that Winnipeg. I mean, what are they? Twenty-one and two at home. I mean, they haven't lost. Uh, I think. You know, and then Zach is what twelve and zero as a starter at home. I there's so many stats, and you know I hate stats, but there's so many stats that favor the Bombers. But this is a tough Calgary ass team. I mean, this is a team that really can play well. Um, and did you say tough have, Calgary ass team? I think that's what a lot of people are, are saying going into this game. But yeah, tough ass Calgary team. Oh yeah, well look at the guys they have. <laughs> a couple guys there that I love. Uh, Jameer Thurman, Cameron Judge, who had a whale of a game last week, you know, two yeah. fumble recoveries, one for a touchdown. And a kid that was player of the week a couple weeks back in Titus Wall, the first year kid. He's at that Sam or nickel or dime, as you like to call him, dime linebacker. Uh, Trey Robertson's back now. Uh, and playing yeah, well again. Uh, playing really well yeah, again. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, they do give up some yardage, but so does the Bombers. And that's the thing. When you look at us, we give up passing yards, but we never break. Mm -hmm. And it's still amazing after five games. We have not allowed one rushing touchdown. I don't know what the record is, but that's got to be a record to me. 
Well, if, I mean, if, if there's a game where it happens, it will be this one because Peyton yeah. Logan is a great player and dangerous in a lot of different facets of the game. For yeah. my money, Kadeem Carey is the best running back in the CFL today. And uh, yeah. if that name recognizes, uh, you recognize that name a little bit, it's because he was the starting running back for the Chicago Bears uh, a, just a few years ago. Um, wow. Andrea, who, uh, welcome back, Andrea, uh, in the live chat, watching live on YouTube. Calgary's been playing better. Uh, yeah. I get that, but they've been beating Edmonton. Like Edmonton has started a Canadian rookie quarterback, Canadian American, Polynesian, uh, Australian. It doesn't matter. Um, a rookie quarterback, uh, yeah. in a game and you know, uh, they've had no continuity as far as the roster or the lineup. They're still trying to figure out who they are under Chris Jones. Calgary's got two yeah. big wins over, over the Edmonton Elks and a, and a bye week in the middle, big whoop. You know, let, let's yeah. see what you can do against a team that's actually winning football games. We're going to see that Friday. Well, we will. And, I, and I, I'd i hate to be, you know, the guy that's the offensive coordinator for the Calgary Stampeders. I'm just going to see what that is. Oh, it's uh, Pat, Pat. Oh, Pat Delmonico. Oh, there you go, buddy. Yeah. Our old that offensive coordinator. Now he's going to go against an old nemesis in Richie Hall. Yeah. Richie Hall is divine. We talked about this, man. I tell you, one of the times, every once in a while, Walby lucks out and he just hits one out of the park. And I said, the only way, one of the ways they'll hit, take away that quick slant by Nathan Rourke is to drop the defensive end quickly into that throwing zone. And what happened last week? Jackson Jeffco drops, interception, bang! That's what I said, man. Crystal ball, baby. But, yep. I mean, you got to think about Delmonico, the offensive coordinator for Calgary, and the variety of different looks the Bomber defense give him. Reggie Hall, to my, in my mind, has done an absolutely wonderful job. And I know we've beaten this to death, Darren and DB, and the fact that we said, you know, years ago they wanted to ride him out of town. And right now he's a top defense coordinator in the CFL. He could probably be a head – I don't think he wants that head coach guy. He's comfortable where he is now. You're and saying you're saying Pat Delmonico? No, Pat Delmonico is going to have his work cut out going against oh, Richie Hall. Oh, Richie, yes, of course. Because I'll say right now Richie Hall is the best D coordinator in the CFL. No question. His looks, the variety of looks, the way he attacks offenses from different aspects, whether it's a you know a middle linebacker blitz like Big Hill or Rutledge, or they bring a Nick Taylor or whatever. But you know what? I'll, I'll check. Everywhere. I'll, I'll check you on that, Chris. I think Jason Shivers yeah. in Saskatchewan does more with less. The Blue Bombers are talent laden. Saskatchewan has some holes, and and what Jason Shivers has done since taking over. From Chris Jones, when yeah. Jones moved on, where, where he got his dream job at a high school or whatever that was, yeah, when he left Saskatchewan, um, Shivers has done uh, a great job. I know Bomber fans don't like hearing too much credit to the Saskatchewan no Riders. Christmas cards for you, buddy. No, no kidding. But, um, you know, you can't put anything past defensive coordinator of the Calgary Stampeders, Brett Monson, uh, another yeah. team with, uh, you know, just rock-solid scheming, great game planning. And you mentioned Cam Judge, Jameer Thurman, Titus Wall. Um, should mention uh, Jonathan Moxie did not practice all week. And then on the final day of practice, he was limited. So he is a game time decision for Friday yeah. night. Uh, if they're, he's their boundary corner uh, or, or pardon me, their field corner. Uh, if he can't go, they're going to have to move things around with Titus Wall and uh, um, some, some other players there. So well, something got, to watch going into that well, they game. Got Buka, Buka coming. Oh, Eli uh, Buka. Right. Eli Buka's back. And they're oh, really yeah, it's Wilson. Him. Yeah, they're going to move the safety Wilson, Raheem Wilson, yeah. the corner. So, I mean, yeah. they can do that. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, they just got talent. And then look at the front guy. Uh, you know, Sean Lemon, once again, 
uh, you know, this guy's bounced around, you know, more than a rubber ball. And, you know, he's got three sacks, two forced fumbles. Uh, he's always around the football. This is going to be a good test for the bomb roll line. Chris, when, get, get after you. when you played, did teams do what they do today? Do Did they dress like eight defensive linemen and rotate them continually because that's no. what allows veterans like Sean yeah. Lemon to be effective. Yeah. Give him 30, 40 snaps a game, maybe no more than that, maybe even less. Uh, and, and, you know, you get him at full power and, and high motor. No, you know what? It's, that's a great point, uh, DB, because most of the time when I was playing, it would always be, whether it be a James Parker, whether it be, a, you know, whoever the defensive end was, that was the guy base guy had every game. You know, they would swap sides, short field, wide side. That's the only, you see two guys. I would see Grover on the wide side and I'd mm -hmm. see somebody else on the short side. I'd see Bobby Jurison, whatever, right? So you all, but you always got to play those two. Once in a while, they'd interchange and they do a slide technique where it's called a, it's a wide out where they put the tackle over the tackle and the ends way out and they try and get a mismatch with the back. And that's the time when the guards and tackle slide. I don't see much of that anymore. So I'd be interested to watch that. Yeah, I mean, the the battle that has always been between the Blue Bombers and the Stampeders, like, you can talk all day and all night about the rivalry between the Rough Riders and the Blue yeah. Bombers. I see that more as a rivalry between the fan bases. If yeah. you look at the way these games have been played, the rivalry between the Stamps and the Bombers is as heated as any in recent memory in the CFL. Uh, it all goes back to those uh, famous comments from Calgary head coach Dave Dickinson caught on the parabolic microphone on the TSN broadcast. The oh, Canadian yeah. Mafia, yeah. Wade yeah. Miller, Kyle Walters, Mike O'Shea, okay. the triumvirate of brass the Blue Bombers have against the Americans and Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel. And uh, it was Ryan Dinwiddie for a long period of time before, uh, you know, he parted for uh, the Toronto. Toronto Argonauts head coaching yeah. job. So uh, I asked Mike O'Shea yesterday and he didn't, you know, speak too much about it, but he did speak at length, which tells me there's validity to it. I asked him about the physicality when you face the Calgary Stampeders. O'Shea is never going to say one team, it's more important to focus no. on physicality than the other. But believe me, when I say they know they're going to come and try to smack each other in the mouth. These two teams do not like each other from top to bottom. They know they're going to be in the hunt. They know they're going to be uh, facing each other uh, in the playoffs in, in one form one or another. another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's an interesting thing. And I think they've lost the last two or three at, at IG field. So they want to correct that. I remember the yeah. first time I watched uh, Jake Mayer was playing. It was his first start was against the Bombers here. And I when think he went they, five straight games, 300 yards, right? Yeah, and I think Winnipeg won that game squeak. They, I think it was 13 to 12 or something. It was really a close match. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be a, this is a game where I don't see a blowout. Mm -hmm. uh, this is two good offenses. I think the Bombers still have an edge in defense. I really do. Um, just the talent they have and the guys that keep plugging in there. Like, I mean, when I think about Donald Rutledge, who's to me has really every week improving and playing better and better. And then you got Malik Clements, who just fits in like a, you know, like a, a nice pair of shoes right on that uh, weak side linebacker. Uh, the changes they have there, and they're all making contributions. I mean, the thing they did with Willie Jefferson, though, that was interesting to me last week. They moved him around so many times, and they put him over the guards. He, you know, a couple pass knockdowns was always around. When you're an opposing coach, and that was uh, Rick Campbell, the BC, head, uh, BC Lions head coach, talked about him. He said, 
Willie Jefferson, quote unquote, is a beast. He's always around the ball. He knocked down a bunch of passes. He rushed Nathan Work. Work didn't have time to. I mean, he, listen, Nathan threw a couple of nice, beautiful deep balls. Yeah, but no for question. the most part, the Bombers were all in his grill. You know what I mean? So yeah, they did a great job scheming against oh Nathan my God, Rourke, right? Just making job. him uncomfortable. Uh, and that's 20, why I say Richie Hall, great job. Yeah, a twenty-four-year-old quarterback is a twenty-four-year-old quarterback. However, you you know you serve it up. So it's the Blue Bombers. Yeah, like. I give Richie Hall a ton of credit because everybody's talking about the offense and yeah. Buck Pierce and the vanilla comments and, and all of that. Um, I think the criticisms or at least the perspective that the Blue Bombers offense was vanilla or tepid or uninspired. Those are the words I all used tweeting during that previous game in Toronto because they were all over the Blue Bombers. It's like they had them, you know, it's like they had a page of their playbook and, and they were just reading everything great. Um, but then in, in BC, like yeah. give credit to Buck Pierce for dialing up a game plan against, for my money, the best defensive backfield in the CFL with TJ Lee and Delvin bro and Gary Peters and, uh, and okay. Marcus sales and the rest Lucia's Purifoy. Like, man, okay. I'll take those guys any day. I've said it over and over again. You did um, over that, but I'll tell you right but, now, you know that. But okay, you, I'm just you, saying, you give credit to Richie Hall and the defensive scheme that they dialed up. They need to do it again on Friday because Bo Levi and the Stampeders and a, a run game and a pass game that probably is a little bit better than BC's. This challenge is going to be not just different, but maybe even a steeper hill to climb. You know, every game comes down to this, and I know I sound like a broken record, but it comes down to the trenches. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, BC is secondary, and yeah, they're good. But if the offensive line, which I thought our offensive line played as well as I've seen them play, especially when you got, you know, newcomers in there with Jeff Gray and Kolonkowski playing at center, uh, they gave a lot of time. I mean, yes, Zach Mason playing on his own, utilizing his feet, getting out of the pocket. But if you make this cut, those cover guys cover forever. I don't care how good you are. They're going <clears> to <throat> yeah, find somebody open. And that one guy, Dalton Schoen, you know, he's probably a front runner or one of the front runners for rookie of the year right now. No question. Yeah. Boy, does that kid find openings? He knows how to read. Uh, I think he's getting tutelage from the great Greg Ellingson, but, uh, you know, he just knows what he's doing. And boy, it almost seems like, you know, quarterbacks have their favorite guy to go now. And I believe Dalton Schoen is leading the league in second down conversion. I'm not sure, but he's, well, he's right got a whack mode. Yeah. He's up there big time, man. I mean, uh, he's tw 21 catches, three touchdowns, three over 30. He's got speed. Um, it's really interesting. I know the guys just say, what about Kenny Lawler? What about, you know, all these other guys, Darvin Adams? Well, they've really done a great job of replacing those two guys. Absolutely, they did. Um, speaking of replacing guys, I'm just pulling up here. Um, oh, Pardon me. I'm back. Hey, uh, just pulling up here. Uh, the blue bombers depth chart. Uh, this is really something, uh, here is the Winnipeg blue bombers injured list and Ricky Walker. Well, he'll be a healthy scratch Friday yeah. night, but look at the sixth game all-star Brandon Alexander, one of the top Canadian special teamers in the league in Jesse Briggs, all-star CFLPA all-star Michael Couture at center. Yeah. Uh, most outstanding Canadian in the most recent Grey Cup, Nick Dembski, six game. Noah Hallett on the six game. Mercy Maston, who is a phenomenal DB that we haven't been able to see here in Winnipeg because of back-to-back yeah. -back Achilles injuries in yeah, training camp. Brendan O'Leary-Orange, an NCAA product, still waiting for his opportunity. Big, skilled, great hands. 
he most recently placed on the Blue Bombers six-game injured list. Dakota Prukup, the wedge package guy uh, for Winnipeg uh, quarterback, he's on the six-game injured list. Drew Richmond, one of those ch blue-chip offensive line prospects for Winnipeg on the six-game injured list. And then one of the most underrated players yeah. in the CFL today in Kyrie Wilson on the six-game injured list. They are beat up bad, yet there they were in Vancouver last week weekend Chris yep. and they flexed on the BC Lions they woke everybody up in the CFL that was maybe sleeping on them they told all the odds makers what are you doing making a rookie quarterback or a first year starting quarterback and an unproven BC Lions team the favorites against the back-to-back -back Grey Cup champs that are 22 and 2 22 and 1 in yep. meaningful games with Zach Kolaris under center now he's 23 and 1 in meaningful games Kolaris yeah, was lights out. My question is Zach Kolaris the front runner for MOP once again. Oh, he's definitely got a you know a good you know foothold on it right now. Uh he's you know it's so funny he doesn't have crazy yardage, but he doesn't make mistakes. And yeah. I think it's more the magic that he shows about avoiding the you know the pressure. Like I was blown away to some of the stuff I said, oh he's going down he's getting sacked boom He's out in the flat throwing a sidearm pass to Dalton Schoen. Those two passes, the one to Dalton in the end zone for a touchdown. That was awesome. Did a great job Agreed. of sliding to catch up. That is just – that's magic. That's magic right there, guys. I mean – Well, like, uh, think about it. This is a CFL rookie in Dalton Schoen. Yeah. Not just a rookie, but a CFL rookie. He's never played Canadian football before. Yeah. And, you know, new chemistry with a quarterback to, like, have that on extending play. Like, Chris, you know this. Oh, yeah. How difficult it is to extend a play like that and know where your guys are and then find him on the run, pinpoint accuracy. And then, as you mentioned, shown sliding to the ground to secure that catch. Like the chemistry between these two is really something. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. And you know what's funny you say that? Because I, I was, I think I was going to talk about it, probably got sidetracked as I always do. But I think that it's funny to have a quarterback finds a certain guy and they have that chemistry and it's like, you know, it's like Gronkowski, you know, uh, you know, when he plays with, uh, what's his name? You know, the Mr. Five Tom times Brady. Yeah, yeah. John Brady. I mean, yeah. that's, it's, they're always looking for that certain guys in, in special plays, right? Uh, Mahomes and Hall. Uh, it just, and I look at this and they always go to him. I mean, I, Dalton shown is, is showing me some stuff that I'm not used to seeing from a rookie from a first year player, as you say, uh, it, it'll, um, I tell you what, the, the, uh, the Calgary Stampeders, I know they talked about, I listen to, uh, uh, Dave Dickinson's press conference all the time. Cause he's always kind of a cheery guy and he tells you stuff. And he said, point he's, blank, he's a good speaker. He actually said that right now he remembers, um, Zach Kolaris when he was in Hamilton before he turned his, before he uh, ripped his knee out that one year, he was, uh, in my opinion, I think I might've been doing CBC. I don't know if I was doing something. I might've been TSM with you. But he was a front in my mind then for outstanding player until he got hurt. He's playing at that level again and even surpassing that. So, yeah, to answer the question, do you think he's – yeah, I think so. He's he's as advertised, and he, you know what? He's earning his top dollars right now. I'll tell you right now. They're not – he's going in. He's smiling when he banks up that Bricks truck. Bricks, pick up my check, buddy. And they have to bring out the big sacks of cash for the guys. <laughs> well – uh, I asked Buck Pierce about watching Zach Kolaris and head over to our Instagram page, bonfire.sports. It's not there yet, but I'm going to put it up on Friday before the game. Uh, Buck Pierce had a lot of interesting comments about the game in BC, about Zach Kolaris uh, and more. Um, and 
I asked him, like, you know, like, what emotion do you feel when you see Zach Kolaris extend plays the way he does? Make these, you know, off-schedule throws and off-schedule plays, falling down to the ground and hitting shown on the sideline, you know, yeah. being pressured and, and, and finding the right vertical seam to hit Greg Ellingson on some of those deep passes. Like, you know, very interesting comments from Buck Pierce. The one I will share, you know, a little little teaser here, uh, is, you know, he says, sometimes, you know, you just, you're a fan and you watch and you're like, wow, look yeah. at that guy play football. This is the guy who is effectively his quarterback's coach, his offensive coordinator, his play caller, and even Buck Pierce is wowed sometimes what the reigning MOP is able to do on the field. Yeah. And think about Buck. Buck was a heck of a football player too, a quarterback. He's all right. Tough as nails, you know, career shortened by injuries because he just basically refused to go down. And, you know, he, one of those guys or whatever, whatever it took to get that first down. And it's funny when you talk about Zach and I'll go back to Zach real quick here. The fact is I watched him take off with the ball a couple of times last week too, and pick up crucial first downs, man, when your quarterback starts doing that, you just got to love the way the guy's playing as a, as a team, he lifts everybody up. You know, they should show TSN should show the sidelines and watch the facial expressions. When Zach does these, you know, spinoramas and he does a Houdini and he throws the ball. <laughs> The sideline goes crazy. Yeah. I mean, even as, a, as a former player, I go crazy. I watch the team. I go, no way, no way. But he makes things happen. Uh, and I, and, and I remember, I think I saw one of the guys in TS said, can you believe it? And I, I said, yeah, I can believe it. You the guys playing, man, but it's crazy. Well, how many times do you have to see it before you start saying, yeah, I can believe it. Just some of the plays Zach Kolaris is making, like are the blue bombers beatable? If Zach Kolaris is on his game, that's what I want to know. I don't, I don't know. think they I mean, are. He, they and this again. We talked about Richie Hall of defense, but I'll say this: Buck Pierce has got that offense just smooth. Last year, last week, yeah, you know the, the, the naysayers are going, well, you know what, Brady Oliver is only averaging three point eight, and you know Augustine four point five. But a combined with Craig McRae, they rushed for one hundred thirty something yards. How you right. can't beat that, baby? That's that's perfect. So I mean, they should be happy with that. And if they're running the football, I don't care how many times, and they get that kind of yardage and pounding the football. Boy, good things are going to happen in that passing game. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. It's Chris <laughs> Walby. Uh, thanks to everybody who's watching uh, live on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, it's game day Winnipeg ahead of the Battle of Unbeatens and the battle for first place in the West Division in the early going here in the CFL. Uh, and big thanks to everybody who just jumped over. I should have mentioned this a while ago, but tons of people just jumped in who were watching Winnipeg Sports Talk live on youtube you're now here uh on bonfire sports and game day winnipeg as we always do the day before the game at three o'clock this guy right here the legendary chris walby and i wanted to congratulate you chris you cut me off before i'm trying to pump your tires a little bit you were inducted into the football manitoba hall of fame last night i can't yeah. believe you weren't in there already but you sean churchill uh, of, formerly of ctv winnipeg uh, a handful of deserving individuals and teams here in the province uh it was a great night and uh, congratulations to you it was kind of a, a makeup for the 2020 class uh, because of the pandemic and the rest. But yeah, I can't nice. believe you weren't in there before. What's going on? Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you right now, it was it was great. I mean, they did a great job. I, my, one of my best friends, Walter Kozlowski, uh, he got inducted in the 1972 Sistler Spartans championship team in high school. Uh, Wade Miller got inducted as yes, well. I, my so bad. That, I should have mentioned Wade. That, yes. That was pretty cool, too. So, yeah, I, I didn't make it. Unfortunately, I 
was unable to attend, but uh, from what I heard, it was a great event. So congrats to all the inductees, man. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a, a ton of fun. And like, think about it, Chris, you got a bunch of football people uh, in a room and, and you served dinner. They gave us a ton of food, like half a chicken. Everybody got plus dessert. Oh, that right. That's oh, probably unbelievable. There. You got, if I, well, there, you guys, if I was there, you guys only got a quarter of chicken. I was going to say. <laughs> You're making me sweat uh, thinking about it, brother. Oh, chicken. Well, speaking of which, like I just moved, right? So like oh, really? might be a little echoey, might be a little echoey in here. You know, I don't have my helmets behind me as, as I, I like usually the do. The plant looks good though, bud. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay. It survived the move, but uh, you know, like I got no AC pumping right uh, now and it is just uh, muggy as heck yeah, here in I'm Southern in Manitoba. Same, you probably see me wipe my brow because I'm the same thing. I have my windows oh, like open. I'm, it was raining and it was kind of cool. And now it stopped. And what? And, I, and somebody made a great comment in the comment section there. Thirty-three to thirty-five tomorrow, before yes. humidity. It, yeah. And I tell you what, I've played in those games. It is tough. You're stretching. By the time you come out of stretch and you go back in the locker room before you come out for the game, you're like, oh, man, you can't drink enough water. These guys have got to be hydrated all day today. Maybe they'll have Pedialyte on the sidelines. Whatever. Oh yeah. You're, yeah. you're probably going to see some major, uh, major cramping tomorrow. Uh, it's just like when it gets this kind of weather, boy, you got to, you got to make sure you're totally hydrated with water or you won't make the game. Well, and, and you big guys up front, like you can drop 10 pounds just in water. I dropped 10 pounds. Oh yeah. And, that, and you know what? It's That's interesting, but yeah, I would drop that. And then after the game, I put it right back on. Uh, I, I've never <laughs> tasted a better cold beer than after a game when I'm at Oh, ice, I bet. Ice I cold bet. beers. And it, and especially when you win, I mean, it's Not just a beautiful feeling. You got a prediction for this game, Chris, uh, the odds makers, and you can see it in the ticker below sportsinteraction.com. Uh, and a four and a half point favorite to the Winnipeg blue bombers over the four and oh Calgary stampeders. Do you think this is going to be a close game? Do you think one yeah. team is going to be able to, to take advantage? Okay. Well, if it's close, low scoring or high scoring, I, I, I you know, that's a good question. Both high powered offenses. Uh, you know, the Bombers, like I say, they've given up six passing touchdowns. That's all they've given up all year. Not a rushing touchdown, which is crazy. Uh, you know, they've given uh, some big plays. Uh, but they lead the, the league in pass knockdowns. Uh, they lead the league in the amount of, you know, points per game. Uh, well, I think they're number two behind Saskatchewan, which is crazy. But, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, this is, to me, a great chess match. And, and, I, and I really believe in that analogy because it's a good defense against a good offense on both sides. I think where I feel like we have the edge is basically on defense. Where do I think they have the edge? I think on punting and field goals. Renee Paradis had a 30 game, 30, uh, yeah, 30 straight field goals broken last week. The streak ended. And they got Cody Grace back, the Aussie, who, you know, basically has got a Good leg punter. for like yeah. really, really strong leg. And then Mark, you know, Mark Leggio was the kicker of the week. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, okay. Oh, like I mean, in the, what was it, Pro Stats Canada? The, some the kind of thing is kicker of the yeah. week. But yeah. I'm thinking, okay, Rated that's great, but he, but he yeah. missed two field goals. Or two con two converts? Two field goals? No, two field goals. Two field goals, right. Two field goals, because right. he was 13 of 13, and he's 13 of 15 now. Right. So I just don't understand that. Well, it's like, I'll play take that with a grain. Take that with a grain. I gave up one sack, but I can be lineman of the week. Well, no, you can't. You don't get it, man. Why don't you give up a sack? You take your name off the ballot right there. Bingo, Gonzo. <laughs> well, you even say, like, if a defensive lineman has a sack. I yeah. always remember this. 
Okay. Oh, Defensive lineman has a sack. What did you do in the other 45 plays? That's exactly it. And that's why sometimes stats can be misleading. A guy could have two sacks and a couple pressures, but you know, the rest of the, the other 50 plays in a the game, they're running the ball by him or, or, you know, you're not getting in there. Right. Then you're, well, that's great. Cause we often get fooled by stats. If well, a guy, but there's, you know, there's another thing where you have guys get stats at the most opportune times, mm-hmm. AKA Willie Jefferson, key knockdown, AKA Willie Jefferson uh, on the spot where the tip ball takes it in for an interception for a touchdown. Uh, Jeff, ja- uh, Jeff Cole, Jackson, Jeff Cole outside, you know, dropping in covers, getting interception. And it's funny. There was a, they were making a comment. Well, it just was it today. Or so I read, Last year, he had nine sacks, does not have a sack. Will it be a breakout game for Jackson Jeffcoat tomorrow? Do you need a sack? Like, no, th- no. This is this is what... But they have bonuses. See, it's bonuses. See, that's sure. the thing that's different. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I think that's why you probably go with a bonus. Like, if you're negotiating your bonuses, it's, you know, were you a division all-star or a CFL all-star or a team MOP, that sort of thing. Like, most outstanding defensive player on your team, you get a bonus, that sort of thing. Yes. But you're right. Sometimes there are those things. I, I more see them in the contracts of offensive players. Like, did you play 50% of snaps or more? you get a bonus uh, 80% of snaps or more. You get a bonus. If you hit a thousand yards, those sorts of things. Um, but one thing Willie Jefferson said to me a couple years ago here in Winnipeg, Chris, that, that I always remember is he said, cause I think he was like, he broke that record for pass knockdowns. He had 16 pass knockdowns one season. Yeah. He says a pass knockdowns as good as a sack, maybe yeah. even more yeah. valuable than a sack because it deflates a quarterback's confidence it really knocks him down a rung because he's clean. He sees his target. He throws knockdown, you know, like that D lineman didn't even get close to me. And, and, and I can't even complete that a pass because of the frustrating thing as an O lineman, when you've got a good guy and you're blocking him and in Willie Jefferson's case, cause we're talking about him, he puts that six, seven frame and he's puts those big elevator arms up there. You know, basically uh, it's, it's a tight window to throw a football through. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's good. Jefferson, I, I, and you know, obviously, we talked about the backside. But then, hey, how about this other thing? Well, you want to start a game on the right note. You know, Janarian Grant was going to bust one mm. eventually. Oh yeah. Um, what a great way to start a game, eh? First kick all the way back for touchdown. Oh, bang uh, bang, bang bang! It was great. Yeah, and then I know I think he had one call back too, didn't he, for a holding penalty or something like that too? I believe oh, he had yeah. one call back for holding. Now think right. about that. And Could've I been a million dollars. Some lady or some guy, whoever it was at that save on, whatever. Yeah. She's like, a million bucks. And she's telling her husband, honey, I'm divorcing you. I got money. Holding. Hold Holding. on. Honey, I still love you. I still love you, honey. We're going to together. <laughs> uh, sorry, boss. I'll see you Monday morning. Yeah, that's right. After you just call him a SOB. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was my son mimicking me. You know, I, I mentioned this on game day after dark, after that BC Lions game. And, uh, Mike Miller, who doesn't practice too often, he'll always be on the injury report as DNP did not participate or did not practice, uh, but he's conserving his body. He is a future Hall of Famer. He is the all-time leader in special teams tackles. And what did he do on the first two plays of that game in BC? Well, he was a huge reason why Winnipeg was up 7-0 early and then even uh, 14-0 early because BC went quickly to punt. Miller made the key block on Janarian Grant's kick return touchdown, 97 yards to the house. And then the next play, he made the tackle on BC Lions return 
uh, on the Lions return. So Mike Miller to this day is still one of the most effective players in the CFL. And it's just a treat to watch him as often as we do as a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He is a killer. He is Mike Miller. Um, yeah. My hat goes off to him every time he you know, steps on the we field. Give him, we, we, often jest, we often jest here, DB, about the fact, you know, that he just drives by, waves at the stadium and says, see a game day. Right. I'm going to get a, he's almost like Troy Westwood, just going to get Slurpees all the time and not doing anything else. Um, but having said that, uh, you look on the other side of the coin, too, conversely, and Mark Killam, they call him Special K, uh, the, mm-hmm. the special teams coach in, in uh, Calgary, you know, with this Peyton Logan kid. You know, 122 yard. Then he rushed one for a touchdown too. You saw him get around the corner. He's got great speed. Uh, so they, we've got. There's opportunity on both sides to break a game wide open in the return games. Right. So this is really, you know, we talk about offense, we talk about defense, DB, but the cover teams. And to your point, great point by bringing at that time, nice little segue, Mike Miller in because he's going to have to be at the top of with the rest of the cover teams to prevent Calgary from getting some of that momentum by having a big return. Well, and they're, they're going to be focusing on Mike Miller in the special teams game as well, because after he made that special teams tackle on snap number two in BC, he didn't have another uh, tackle in that game. Yeah. So BC knows how good he is. Don't sleep on Calgary. Calgary won't be sleeping on Mike Miller either. Um, and, but, but when, when why- you mentioned, when you well, go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, and again, you great point by that about the fact that what teams would do. And I remember being in, in meetings and they'd say this number 31, we'll say, well, let's use Miller uh, number 24. You know what? We need two guys on him. So what they'll do is try and take them out of the coverage. Right. Right. But the problem is that's where you rest your team. Somebody's going to be free. And that's where you got to get your rest of your coverage team, staying in your lanes, right. bottling everything into the tunnel. Don't let them get to the outside and make sure you got guys in the middle too, because you don't want to create that one lane. And that's what happened with Janarian. Uh, to your point, uh, that's right. and actually it was a really good point by you about uh, picking up the block, the key block by Mike Miller to spring uh, Janarian Grant on that touchdown. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's a, special teams is often overlooked. Yeah, but it's such a major, major part of the game was field position. Oh. Uh, you know, it's just it's so important that we, sometimes we just overlook and we get caught up in the offense and the defense and you know all the pretty boys, but we need to talk about those special teamers. Yeah, and especially in games between the Blue Bombers and the Stampeders. We all know here in Winnipeg full well that they hang their hat on the special teams game, and it's the reason why they are so good. Uh, But the reality is that's the Calgary Stampeders mold that Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters and Wade Miller have been saying since day one. They've always talked about the Stampeders um, mold of – Every single year, you're competitive. It's not about building a team up and then you fall back down. You build a team up and you fall back down. Continuity and consistency, good Canadian talent, solid drafting, and rock-solid special teams. Mark Killam, Calgary Special Teams Coordinator. I'm so glad you brought him up, Chris. He is already getting conversation of being the next head coach hire in the CFL. Will it be Montreal? Will it be Ottawa? Because Paul Apolis's seat is warming up. They're still uh, but that's, he's in the had, nation's you know, capital. That's a good point. But I tell you what, I hate to see that. You know, Paul Apolis is I, one of the do. really yeah. good guys. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, uh, his star quarterback who really threw the ball for, you know, in the first two games against us, threw the ball extremely well. He actually picked our secondary apart. And uh, 
you know, gets that brutal hit by the Saskatchewan D lineman. We're not even going to mention his name. Uh, I'm not going to give him notoriety. Uh, no, you know, him. just the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's too bad because now he's got to go with, you know, they traded back for Nick Arbuckle. And they put, did you read the headline? Arbuckle rejoins Ottawa, the team that didn't want him. What kind of crap is that? The team originally didn't want him, and now they bring him in there because he, he's, well, a, you know. Paul Police targeted him and was his first quarterback when he became the head coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Then there was that free agency pseudo trade weirdness between them, the Red Blacks and the Argos. And then suddenly Matt Nichols is no longer with Toronto. He's with Ottawa. Arbuckle is over to Toronto. And then Arbuckle's, you know, on the street soon after that. Uh, It was a weird series of events, but he's back there in Ottawa now. I I think there's more. I'm happy for the kid. Caleb Evans is a young quarterback. Hasn't played a lot. Um, Has some skills, but I I just don't know if he is able to run an offense. um, it's between the years, right? I'm not saying he doesn't have football IQ, but it's so much between the years. To well, be it's able to knowledge. It's knowledge, right? Yeah. It, it's not just like Very smartness exactly. or intelligence. It's exactly. knowing what the CFL is about. I felt bad for Ottawa last year, but then I figured out, you know, their old, uh, their old, uh, was it Desjardins, the uh, GM? I think it was Marcel Desjardins, yeah. You know, they're tr- trading for Duck, uh, whatever, the Duck Hunter guy. Oh, uh, Duck Hodges. Gets, come on, buddy. It's like they're reaching into a pool and going under the B. We'll take was, Barry. It's just not it, good, man. It I was mean, a lot of hype. Anytime a quarterback spends significant time on an NFL roster oh God, and then comes to the CFL, they oh anoint God. them as, oh, he could be the next great. You know, I, I always wait and see, you know, because I, it bothers me. It bothers me to hell. Well, no, no, I, I hear you. But Ottawa's trying to keep the ship afloat. The East Division is wide open. Uh, we could easily see a crossover this season, uh, whether it's, you know, BC or Saskatchewan, you know, could be Calgary, could be Winnipeg. There's a lot of football yet to be played, but Friday night here at IG field, another marquee matchup, maybe the the biggest game of the CFL season so far. Calgary always plays so well here in Winnipeg, Chris. Um, and I think, you know, their defense, their special teams, we touched on that, but it's their offense that I think, uh, will be the deciding factor. That's my critical key is Winnipeg's defense versus Bo Levi and the Stampeders offense with Kadeem Carey and Malik Henry, uh, Kamar Jordan and Reggie Bagleton. Like those four guys are four of the best in the CFL. I'm just going to pull up the blue bombers defensive stats from their game in BC the other day. And well, look at this. Malik Clements stepping in for the injured Kyrie Wilson. Four tackles led all Blue Bombers. They ran the ball at him. They targeted him in the pass game. uh, And he stepped up. He did a good job. Uh, This week, the Blue Bombers will have, uh, you know, a change on offense with Brennan O'Leary Orange coming out uh, and six foot six. 220-pound wide receiver Carlton Agadosi stepping in on offense. How involved will he be in Buck Pierce's game plan? I'm not quite sure, but Winnipeg's defense uh, is, you know, the task is at hand for them going against Calgary on Friday. Well, I'll be honest with you. That It's funny because I was going to kind of get into that after because to me the game, as much as it'll be one in the trenches, and that's why it really comes down to getting good pressure on Bo Levi. But when you got guys like Malik Henry, who, uh, you know, he's got almost 400 yards receiving. He's got 171 yards, yak yards, yards after the catch, folks. 
the highest average in the CFL at 21.6 yards a catch and the longest catch of the year at 89 yards. Uh, listen, and then you got last I mean, you two weeks. He's been guy. nearly a last two weeks. He's been nearly a 200 yard receiver and you're on the same team as Reggie Bagleton and Kamar well, Jordan. And it's, it's funny you say that because Reggie, they are asking Reggie, Reggie used to be the go-to guy, you know, Kamar Jordan, remember he, before he hurt his leg, he was yeah. the go-to guy. They've got Still some is. talent there and they got that big Luther. How could have who? He well is. done. Thank you, brother. <laughs> he's got some, uh, I was fingers were crossed under the table here. Uh, he's, he's a big play guy, two touchdowns. He makes big catches at key times. Uh, they got stuff. And then obviously that, you know what? I was looking forward to seeing Phil pop. I thought he was playing really good and he got hurt. Now they got Tyson Milamos playing it for him. He's only got two catches, but uh, on the season, there's a couple yeah. guys here that I'm looking forward to see again. If you, everybody should remember the fiasco with Derek Dennis, right? Mm-hmm. He went to Edmonton and they wanted to get released from Edmonton. They wouldn't release him. He had to basically sit out the whole year. He was on Twitter all the time talking about, let me go, whatever. Still is. Like let me go, you know, whatever, you know, but I mean, uh, he's back playing that left tackle. And this is a guy who used to be one of them he, years ago was uh, the MOP for outstanding offensive linemen. Yep. You know, they got uh good player. Sean, he just yeah, couldn't Sean settle McCray. in anywhere. No. And then he got uh, Julian good Jones on the other side, but, uh, Listen, Bolivar had his first ever start in Winnipeg, threw for three touchdowns as he beat Winnipeg way back his first ever CFL game. He needs 98 yards right now, Bolivar, to move into uh, 15th place past another superstar in Darian Durant, who was a quarterback for Calgary or for Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And then he's had set. This is another stat. I love looking at these. This is what a stat that makes me interesting. Both these quarterbacks, and I'm going to go with Zach first. Zach has had 44 straight passes without interception. Mm-hmm. That's a good job. Well, he's Holy 73. Is that which one is he going to, you know, this, which one's going to fall first? Uh, it just, to me, there's, they, these, they, they trade off so well. When I look at one guy's stat, I look at the other guy's stat. I look at our receiving crew. I will say this. I think we have a great receiving crew, but I, if I had to, I would have to give the edge to the Calgary receiving core just because of what they have and what they've done. When I remember Kamar Jordan being a stud and Reggie Begnantan and then Malik Henry, who's coming to his old right now. And that's taken away nothing from, you know, Bailey and Dalton and, and Greg Ellingson and Drew, Drew Altarski, who got, you know, a bunch of catches too, which is nice to see him getting involved in the offense. But, um, and then the run game, uh, you, you hit it on the head. I think Kadeem Carey is the elite back right now in the CFL. I agree yep. with that. He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry, three touchdowns. But he catches the ball as well, too. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, and and so this will be really interesting. Yeah. And that's why I say, and I'm going to beat it to death one more time. If they can, if the Bomber offensive line can give Zach time and open up some holes for the running game, whether it be the, you know, slot back uh, reverse was shown or or uh, Oliveira or McCray. It seems like McCray is getting more touches all the time now, too. All the time. They're gonna they're gonna continue to I I'm sure they are yeah. going to continue to more they like and his more speed, every eh? week. They like his yeah. speed and he's, he's averaging six yards or seven point five yards, but he's only carried the ball six times. But well, it's only uh, yeah, been two games. It's only been two games. Yeah, know? and I and I know that's why I don't want to blow any smoke up anybody right now because you, you know it's, it, it, I like to watch a guy on a period of time for what I look for is consistency. It's got to yeah. show me consistency, then I'm gonna say to you, hey, that's doing good. You know, you haven't you haven't. Uh, you know, you haven't developed Greg Ellingson type of a uh, legend yet. So, well, Carlton Agadosi 
is in the starting lineup Friday night uh, will be an interesting target. You know, for a big guy, Chris, like it's always the knock on the big guys is how agile are they? How much, how is their movement? How is their short, uh, you know, route running and that sort of thing. Uh, One thing I can tell you about Carlton Agadosi beyond his size, the obvious is he has very, very good hands. And, And this is something too, when you see Zach Kolaris miss, not too often, but he does miss. Everybody does. He misses high. So if you got some some size there, like bigger than a Drew Wolitarski, yeah. uh, bigger than a Greg Ellingson, like Ellingson is is six one six two, Wolitarski same range. They don't have that big big bodied receiver. Well, now they do, and Carlton Agadosi will make his CFL debut uh, on Friday. That's a nice piece uh, to kind of complement this, um, you know more diminutive group in, in Dalton Schoen uh, and Rashid Bailey and, and those guys. Um, that all said, Chris, to me, the Calgary Stampeders run attack is dangerous, not just because of Kadeem Carey, but because they can spell Carey with Peyton Logan. Yes. Carey got a little bit nicked up. Uh, I think it was in week two or week three. And in came Peyton Logan, and he was like a batter to heck, just like a cannon, sh- you know, a, a cannonball shot, uh, just blazing speed, ran super hard, like looked like Johnny Augustine in space, where Johnny guys were kind of just grabbing onto him and couldn't take him down. He was just putting style yep. of runner in a lot of ways, has that breakaway speed. I think Calgary on Friday here in Winnipeg, Chris, they will run the football hard to keep Jefferson and Jeff Coat and Big Hill and, and Clements and Rutledge all honest. And then play action will come from that. And then we'll see yes. Bo Levi do what he does best. And that's that slice and dice, uh, nickel and dime, small passing game. And then that one or two deep shot when it's there. Uh, Calgary's yeah, yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Don't sleep on them. No, no. They're, they're, listen, they've been one of the elite teams for years. Uh, whether it was John Huffy, Huffnego coaching, you know, and then Dave Dickinson coaching. I mean, uh, they were a quarterback factory. They've always been a quarterback factory. Uh, they've had great guys in that they're behind center. Uh, again, Mitchell's been banged up last couple of years, wasn't playing up to the level that he was used to, and now he's healthy. And that's a scary thing because he's a very confident. He's like, I got that swagger, and I told you, I like a swagger and a quarterback. It's almost interesting to watch the differences between Zach, who's very calm. He's not really, but you can see Zach. If something goes wrong, he does get a little peeved. So he's got a little, you know, he gets a little angry out there. You know, he wants to make sure everything's going right, whether it's a guy running the wrong route or he misses a throw that he knows he should have had. He gets a little angry. That's like Bo. Bo the same way. Uh, But Bo is one of those guys, throws interception, you know, he gets angry, comes back, and then he'll go right back to the same guy again. Uh, So this is a thing. When you're looking at that, the matchup is this is this is why I said it's a better matchup. I mean, you know, we we blew the we blew up and we were thinking, you know, last week with the BC Lions, but there was always that little knock. Yeah, Nathan Rourke had some great games, but as you said earlier, 24 years, you know, only a third or fourth start or third start yeah. or whatever. That was the one knock that I couldn't, I know the intangible that I had to really take care of because he's a young guy. He hasn't seen everything yet. And that's what he did. Richie Hall gave him so many looks. I think he was, you know, befuddled a little bit. He was confused. Well, here, here's the thing. Like I picked the blue bombers. I, I quit patting myself on the back days ago, Chris, but I picked the blue bombers to win in BC when a lot of people were unsure. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
the the BC Lions had all of training camp, right? Yeah. Then they played week one against so far the worst team in the league in, in the Edmonton Elks. Then they had a bye in week two to prepare for the Toronto Argonauts, one of the weakest teams in the CFL right now. And they beat the crap out of them. Then they go on the road to Ottawa, who remains winless, and they beat Ottawa by three points. Yeah. So you got time, prepare, beat up on a bad team. Another bye week, time to prepare, beat up on a bad team. Then they go on the road against a team that probably should have a win or two in the Ottawa Red Blacks, and they only win by three. Yeah, it was a short week for Winnipeg. Yeah, they're, they're banged up, and you know we're missing Kyrie Wilson and, and the rest. That was new that week. Three time zones, whatever. The Blue Bombers always play well in Vancouver, and to me, that was the difference, and they came out and they showed everybody. This is what concerns me about this Calgary-Winnipeg game on Friday. The Stampeders always play really, really well at IG Field. This is the hardest, toughest, most difficult matchup the Blue Bombers have faced so far. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. It probably should be flipped. I could see them being favorites in BC last week and maybe yeah. even home underdogs to Calgary. I'm just saying, the, the book is the book. And you can go to sportsinteraction.com and, and look at all the numbers. But my gut, based on historical precedent, is that I would give a little bit of an edge to Calgary. I know they've had a weaker schedule in the rest, Chris, but they are going to play really tough on Friday. Oh, I remember this, and I brought this stat up again. Here we go, stat man again. 19-2 and two after bye weeks, and they're coming off a of bye week. So they knew they were playing Winnipeg. So they've been studying game film for two weeks now. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. It's not well, like they got a short week and they have to come back and, and look at our defensive scheme or what we're doing on offense. Right. So, I mean, this is, they've had, there's no excuses. This team Calgary should be so well prepared for the bombers and they're as good as the bombers on paper. But again, it's, it's who comes to play, who shows up. And I'm telling you right now, when it's going to be 35 degrees, it's going to be hot, muggy. It's going to rain today. And then tomorrow it's going to be, you know, all that rain's going to come up and evaporate. It's tough on the big boys. It's going to be uncomfortable, uh, right? It's going to be uncomfortable. Unless they get a little tiny bit of a breeze, which is godsend. If you get a little breeze, you feel, God, thank you, man. But Well, like, Chris, um, you you grew up in North Winnipeg, right? You grew up in the North End. That's right. But a lot of these guys on the field grew up in Texas, Florida, Georgia. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, like. They're, they're, they're more concerned about those games where it's 15 oh, or 10 degrees yeah, or obviously think, colder you know, than that. But those are the ones point. that make them uncomfortable. Fair point. But it, but it's still, it's, it's not depending where your birthplace is or where you grew up, even though I will give you a partial uh, uh, pass on that one. I think the <laughs> other thing is that it's just where the humidity, when you get muggy and you got all the gear on. And like you said, a lot of these guys play in you know Texas and they play down in Arizona, even though Arizona's a little hot heat. Uh, you know, right, yeah. it, you know, it could be like that, but that, no, that's a very good point. And, uh, we'll just have to wait and see tomorrow, but I think you're going to see a lot of guys, unless they're really hydrated, you're going to see cramps a couple of it, it happens every game. Guys go out, they don't come back. They don't drink water on the bench. They get so jacked up to forget. And all of a sudden they go on the field and they get cramps and you'll see stoppage of play. Channels will come out, massage and move the, you know, move the foot around. Um, the only good thing is, uh, fat guys like us. Um, what kind of guys? Fat guys? Oh, God. oh yeah. I remember because we greased up so much. I had so much grease on. 
I mean, what do you mean? You like you, you Vaseline the arms or what? Oh God, yeah, Vaseline the arms and I Vaseline my shoulder pads, and then Why? what you do? You, you spray silicone so they can't grab them, and then you put water all over them, and then the ref would come because one of their defensive linemen would go, "Hey, sixty-three, he's got grease." They'd come and go like this, and I go, "Hey, no, it's just a fat man sweating," and the ref <laughs> would laugh. And I think of all the times, all the times that I got wow. checked, there was only one time they made me take my jersey off. But I'll tell you another thing. You know what they did? And I've got scars on my arm to prove it. Some monkey put a, a you know, crazy guy out there. Uh, one of the guys from one of the teams put tacks in his gloves. Thumbtacks. Like on his fingertips? Like in his gloves. Yeah, coming out. Like spikes. And he goes like this to grab my jersey. And he grabs my arm and I just get big scrape right across. So I mean, you'd that, have to tell the ref, look, this guy's wearing gloves. How would oh, yeah. that be his oh, nail? Yeah. We, right? we told him, man. It, wow. You know, it's, a, it's a game of mentality, you know, trying to play this stuff. I mean. Well, a lot of, a lot of that is, is no longer, right? Like you, you don't have the pine tar and the Vaseline and the sticky spray and all that different stuff, right? They either, you know, grease it up or they, they sticky tack it, right? Well, you do sticky um, tack too. Because yeah. uh, Brad Fawdy, There's a lot less of that in the CFL today. A lot less than that. If you take a look at the guy's jersey right now, they put a a sticky carpet tape on your shoulder pads, so that right it sticks the jersey to your pads. Yeah. Oh my God! That's another reason you can't grab them. So yeah, going getting away from the from the grease and all that, they just wet them, soak your soak your jersey, but your jersey's not going anywhere. Would you notice Andrew Harris? Like, do you ever notice like how soaked he is first snap of the game? Probably. Yeah. You can see it in his pants and his like he is soaked. So yeah. I, I wonder if if that's you know if is, is it water or something else to to kind of help. Well, I don't know. I mean, Andrew knuckles shed off a little bit, right? Why veteran moves? Was it Toronto? Toronto playing what? Who play? Who's Toronto playing in uh, Saskatchewan, right? And they this in week? the bowl, Arctic Bowl. Oh yes, that's right. They're gonna have yep. a good time. That would be a good time. I did. The, I went to the Atlantic Bowl. Oh, I was in Brunswick, New Brunswick, and I think one of the first ones. And obviously I was just a guest and it was one of the best times of my life. Cause I mean, anybody that's ever gone to the East coast, just great people, great times, great food. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you like seafood, uh, lobsters and shrimp and stuff like that. It was just, yeah, it's making me hungry right now. Well, I want to, uh, pull up sportsinteraction.com here and, and look at the week six matchups in the CFL. It starts tonight, Thursday, with Edmonton in Montreal and Trevor Harris and the Owls, seven and a half point home favorites, which is a big, big number for an Elks team that is going to start Taylor Cornelius at quarterback. Uh, I think there's some there, there's a bit of an edge there if, if you play it right. Uh, Stampeders, four and a half point dogs to the Blue Bombers. If you give three points to the home team, as they normally do, it's about a pick em, right? A, a, a one and a half point spread in favor of the Blue Bombers. Then touchdown Atlantic, Riders at Argos on yeah. the East Coast. And, well, this is a neutral site game, right? So yeah. no home favorite, Saskatchewan at three points. Uh, this is an interesting one to me, Chris, because the Riders are a much better team, both what we've seen in games and on paper, than yeah. the Toronto Argonauts are. And just three-point favorites in that game. Then the week wraps up, the winless Tie Cats and the winless Red Blacks in the donut box. Five and a half point favorites are the home Tie Cats. 
I think yeah, I think tie cats are going to break. And unfortunately for Paula Police and the Red Blacks, I think it's going to be you know, they're not going to win. Well, Dane but Evans was crying on the sidelines last week, right? Oh, yeah. Like that was brutal to see. Self criticism, uh, just an awful performance. Well, yeah. two weeks ago, they've had a bye week now, so that's another feather in there. I thought it was very interesting that he said he did not like. He thought our play calling was very. I mean, he he blamed himself first off. Because he's given up eight, eight interceptions. He's fumbled the ball four times. Obviously, that a crucial one uh, that cost him the game. But uh, he, he says, you know, I got to be better. But he says, on offense, we're going to show you some no, new wrinkles. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. So I think Hamilton, I mean, like you said, the East is so wide open right now. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, anybody, if you get on a win streak right now, you got a great chance to move up and, and actually maybe even clinch that division by the you know end of the season. But Hamilton has got to start. I just, you know, if Arbuckle was in there and he says he understands the offense already, but he's only been there a couple of days. Uh, they're going to go with Caleb. Kel- Kel- Is that his name? The, uh, Caleb, uh, Caleb. Caleb Evans. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you're going with a rookie, but he's been there for a while. So he knows the offense. Like, very athletic, mm-hmm. uh, but no Mazzoli, right? You know what I'm talking about? So they, yeah. I mean, that, that's such a tough pill to swallow for uh, yeah, Red Blacks yeah. Nation, for the Red Blacks themselves. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like the East is wide open. Think about it. They have two points, right? If you're Toronto or you're Montreal, you have two points in the standings. And then you go okay. over to the West. Edmonton is in fifth and they have two points in the standings. I know yeah. it's week six, but we're like pretty much at the quarter mark of yeah. the CFL season you'd have to think we're going to see a crossover this year, but like three and one, four and one, four and oh, and five and oh, uh, is the rest of the West division. Um, the, the powerhouse continues in the West, Chris, um, but matchups this week will be, you know, it it should start shaking things loose a little bit. When did the bombers have a buy? Oh, not until week 11. I think it's August, isn't it? August. Yeah. Because I mean, they, I think they're one of the last teams to have a buy, right? Um, that'll be a well earned. I mean, but they're sitting- it'll be very well earned. But it's also advantageous to them because in that second half of the season, yeah. like they're playing all these Eastern teams right now. In the yeah. second half of the season, very West heavy schedule. You got Calgary a couple times. You got BC uh, in like a back to back with a bye week in the middle, uh, a home and home. It'll be in Vancouver, then a bye week, and then. BC is here. You got the Rough Riders three times coming up uh, through Labor Day and then uh, the Banjo Bowl, of course, and then another one late in the season. They're going to need those bye weeks because that's when the physical games will be played. You know, Calgary, Saskatchewan, those are the smacky in the mouth games that I think will will take a toll on, on the Blue Bombers. So tough stretch here to start the season for Winnipeg as far as bye weeks, but you know, they got a lot of guys on the six game. So you hope you get those guys back. You get bye weeks for the healthy guys and, and they'll be clicking when you need to in October and November. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I, I, I'm going to make two comments. One, first off, great comment talking about uh, Zach uh, Williams, a uh, university of Manitoba boy coming to play home. The starting left guard for the Calgary Stampeders from university of Manitoba Bisons. So I know he's going to have a lot of family and friends at the stadium. Um, so that's a great thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Where was I going with the second one? I can't remember what I was going to say after that. Well, I'll mention Transcona Polly, who's uh, watching live on YouTube. Don't snooze on stamps number 67, Zach Williams. I have to agree. He is a Winnipegger. He is a Manitoba Bisons 
uh, product. And there he is at left guard next to Derek Dennison and Sean McEwen. Talk about playing uh, around talent. McEwen, yeah. league all-star at center. Derek Dennis, uh, most outstanding offensive lineman nominee several times in his career. Uh, if you have to pull for anybody on the stamps, pull for the Winnipegger, Zach Williams. No question about that. Um, always great. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a fraternity with you, Chris Walby. Yes, man. I'm just very Winnipeg happy. Lineman. Man. Yeah. Very happy when you get homegrown talent, getting to come back and play in your, uh, in your home stadium. I remember when I was playing defensive end for Montreal, when I got drafted as a defensive tackle and my first game, I came back to Winnipeg and we got trounced. I think something like 56 to two Vince Ferragamo. I was playing with Vince Ferragamo, Billy White, Hughes Johnson. Uh, we had such a talent laden team, but it was, they were all goofballs. Uh, they, you know, they just, it was, they were all about the money. Joe Scanella, our coach, all he was doing is smoking cigars all the time. Um, you know, uh, and I remember playing in front of my family and friends. I was so excited to be back in Winnipeg. And then it was almost embarrassing. Uh, just, just getting, uh, just basically smashed everywhere. I mean, really? Oh, we got killed 50, like I say, 56 to two, um, used to hang around and you think about it, you hang, you know, you got, uh, Big Joe, uh, the defensive end, uh, Junior Ayu, and uh, Peter Della Riva, uh, all these all you know Hall of Famers that I was playing with. Della like, Del Riva was a hell of a player. Well, think about this too. Who was my teammate? You know who it was Wally Buono. Is that right? Wally he was Buono. a linebacker, right? Yeah, he was my teammate yeah. my first year. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it was cool. That's just just a little bit of history for uh, everybody out there. Uh, Chris. We're just about ready to wrap things up. Yep. Big thanks to everybody who's uh, been in the live chat. I think there was a bit of a glitch today, but thanks for hanging tight That's with fine, us yeah. and, and watching live. Uh, if you missed any of the show, it'll be available immediately uh, on YouTube, or I think you can even rewind during the, the live broadcast. Of course, on your favorite podcast app, search Bonfire Sports. You can find links to all the majors on bonfiresports.ca. Chris, your keys to the game. What does Winnipeg need to do to come out with a victory and move to six and O and pad a little bit in the West division standings ahead of Calgary and uh, BC and Saskatchewan? Well, I think on offense for me, it's basically control the football. They are number one in time of possession. The bombers are like averaging 30, 32 minutes a game. It's crazy. Uh, control the football, convert on second down. Don't put yourself. And of course, when I say convert on second down, what I'm saying is get a good first down production. You know, don't force yourself in a second along situations. And I think for defense, I mean, basically, you've got to keep doing it. I, Richie Hall, keep mixing up your coverage. Put some pressure on Bo Levi. Bo Levi's seen everything, too. Remember that this is a veteran quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't show your blitzes too early. He'll read that before pre-snap. And on special teams, cover like you've never covered before because this is a game where I think special teams is going to be a huge factor. No question. No question. I'll, I'll add my one key, and that is for the Blue Bombers' defensive secondary. Demario Houston, uh, Dietrich Nichols, Nick Taylor, Winston Rose, Donald Rutledge Jr., and then, of course, Malcolm Thompson at the back end trying to bring that physical presence. The run game will set things up. Do not sleep. Ensure you are locking these guys down. Malik yeah. Henry, Reggie Bagleton, Kamar Jordan, they will beat you over the top. Bo Levi is waiting for that opportunity. And we've seen Winnipeg a little bit susceptible to that deep pass. Those guys need to be on their game. Winston Rose got beat again in BC, Chris. He for was this close. 
this yeah, close a, to knocking that ball down. So that was one it's, of the most beautiful throws, though. That is one thing about Nathan Rourke. Boy, he threw two deep balls. Coverage was good. But, I mean, yeah. you couldn't throw the ball any more perfect. I mean, he dropped it right in the basket, and uh, they made a great place. But, I mean, this is, again, another guy that throws a ball extremely well on Bo Levi. So, there, yeah, I agree. That's a great point, too. I think our secondary is going to go against probably one of the best receiving groups they're going to face all year. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a football game. Uh, can't wait for Friday night kickoff here in Winnipeg at IG Field. It'll be a steamy game. We will get steamy on game day after dark, uh, just a little bit after the final gun. Uh, Bombers, Stampeders, Battle of Unbeatens, yes. first place on the line. It's going to be so much fun. I say that too. Uh, listen, DB, it's again a great game. Thank our sponsors out there who all did a great job for us too. It's always nice to know those guys. Uh, we're still looking for a cold beverage company to sponsor. Yes. I'm sure some, I think someone's going to come on board. And then, like I said, just enjoy the game because this is one of the games you want to go and you want to be in the stadium to watch because this is a great game. Great matchup, two great teams, Western Division opponent, uh, both undefeated. I mean, it's got it's all, all the ingredients of a beautiful cocktail. Which Absolutely. is what I'm going to have in about 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, Chris, sign off as you always do, uh, giving your yep. best to the blue. Go blue, baby. Go have fun. See you at the stadium. DB, always a pleasure. And as they say, adios, amigos. I'm out of here, baby. Bye. <laughs>